your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Lockdown Blues Podcast, part of the Lockdown Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman. And I'm Thomas Welch. And sort of a light episode today, we got a bit of a break in games for the Blues before we once again take on the Arizona Coyotes for the millionth time in a row. Um, but yeah, we're going to take this time to sort of take a step back and look at the team as a whole, prepare for the weekend, maybe take a look at... Uh, the rest of the NHL as well, and look at some of the recent moves the Blues have made because uh, they made some questionable questionable uh, assignments to the taxi squad that we're going to get into. But uh, for the most part, pretty pretty easy episode today. Nothing too serious in terms of breaking news. But yeah, where do you want to start, Tommy? I think we should start that. Uh, Jim Thomas reported for the Post-Dispatch that the Blues assigned Mackenzie McEachern and Jacob De La Rose, I believe it was yesterday, back to the taxi squad. Uh, so that would lead reason to believe that Bozak is close to resuming his role on the St. Louis Blues and coming back from injury. So that'll be nice to see, but I think it was a little bit of a head-scratcher for me because just watching last game, you talk about, uh, we talk about it time and time again with this team and wanting to pick up the work ethic and uh, setting the tone for the rest of the game. I feel like these guys came in and really, really beat that point home, you know? I think McEachern was laying bodies left and right. His stick play was great. Obviously, he's not the most offensively gifted guy. He's not going to go out and be a Jordan Cairo and put on a show. Uh, but he was doing all the little things that a fourth liner is expected to do. So uh, I think he brought a lot of energy in that regard. And Jacob De La Rose kind of did the same thing. So uh, anytime these guys get the opportunity to kind of assert themselves back into the lineup and prove that they are capable of being an everyday player, uh, you almost at, at this point expect them to show up. And uh, McEachern and De La Rose uh, were none different the other night yeah it's it's a bit of a frustrating decision because it feels like one of the themes that we constantly go back to after every single loss is a lack of effort and like you said well these guys you know Mackenzie McCacker and Jacob Del Rose may not be the flashiest skill players they're consistently putting in the most effort night in night out and while they, it might not directly translate to goals and assists or whatever it, I think it translates into the effort of the rest of the guys on the ice as well uh, I think that the, that energy and that effort sort of rubs off and I think we saw it. I think the effort was there in a better way in, in the Blues last game it wasn't you know complete obviously but I do think that the the play of McEachern and De La Rose wore off on the rest of the team I think we saw a little bit more of a feistiness and it's, it's frustrating to see that I don't want to say it's been their hard work was overlooked but you know just seeing that these guys that are probably working harder than a lot of other guys at the, at the time just are immediately getting sent to the lineup. On the other hand, it's hopeful that a guy like Bozak will return because I think he can make a really, really positive impact for this team. Right, I do too, especially that veteran presence he brings because obviously being in the league as long as he has been uh, and with the influx of not really new guys that the Blues have because we don't have a ton, we don't really have a lot of rookies on the roster, but I think a lot of our roster is younger guys, like guys in their 20s, uh, early 20s, mid-20s. So I think Bozak is kind of that cool head in the locker room a lot of times. When you got when you have guys like Sammy Blay who plays with a lot of emotion and is kind of a hothead. When you got have a guy like David Perron who plays with a lot of emotion and is kind of a hothead. I think a guy like Tyler Bozak, uh, who's so tactical in the way that he plays style of hockey, 
And like I said, cool-headed, I think he brings an aspect to this team that maybe they're missing right now, and maybe that's why they've shown kind of a lack of discipline in terms of uh, racking up the penalties here early on in the season. So uh, I think getting him back, like you said, will be huge. And just besides the fact of his locker room presence, too. I mean, he's just a great hockey player and really brings together that third line, which we've talked about. They've gotten better a little bit lately, but then Robert Thomas got hurt, so that is going to be a huge focal point. Uh, to try and start seeing production from that third line as well. Sort of a, a two 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 headed snake that I kind of want to approach here. First of all, you mentioned uh, the cool headedness of Bozak, and I think that that's something that might be sort of underrated in in the way that this team has been playing. We saw them be really undisciplined and get frustrated, and when you play with a lot of emotion, like I think that a lot of the guys you mentioned do, as well as a lot of a lot more guys on the team as well. You know, a lot in emotion and ride highs really well but also unfortunately kind of ride lows i think jordan bennington's almost the same way a bit of a streaky player based on how he's feeling so that can be good obviously when the team's when the team's feeling good and, and riding high but we've seen the inverse of that when the team gets frustrated and take a lot of penalties and which leads to more penalties and goals against so i think a guy like tyler bozak's a really valuable player because no matter how no matter what the win streak is or the losing streak is, he's going to have the same approach versus some of these guys might have a drastically different emotional state based on the success of the team. Whereas Tyler Bowes, I can kind of just come in and, you know, all business, do your job, Bill Belichick style, um, which I think could hopefully get them out of the funk that they've been in lately with the discipline and the penalties and all that. Speaking of guys playing with a lot of emotion, uh, Clem Cosson's been creating a lot of hype down in the KHL, down on the farm, if you will, uh, for the avant-garde Omsk. Uh, in his last two games, I think he has six points. So three game, three points in both of those games. He's got 17 points on the season, six goals and 11 assists in 38 games played. Uh, he's also sitting at four, 40 penalty minutes. So I think oh, we man. talked about it. we talked about it before uh, the beginning of the season and how him being on the taxi squad. Uh, he's really got to try to reel that in. But can you imagine? A line with Clem Costin and Sammy Blay on it as like your fourth line dudes who literally just do nothing but stack bodies, penalty minutes, and score goals. That'd be something to witness. Yeah, I mean Clem Costin seems like a like a, a exact cutout of the Craig Berube style hockey player. A guy who can he he almost seems like you know, and this is no offense to Sammy Blay, if he were to pan out today and you know hit his max ceiling, almost like a upgrade over Sammy Blay. Um, in the sense that he can, he has what seems, at least for now, the potential to be a really, really dynamic offensive player, but also just extremely physical as well, um, which is perfect for the Craig Berube system. But also, I think a little bit of an underrated aspect is if you watch highlights here and there, he he's he seems pretty competent defensively as well, which leads me to believe that he could potentially see NHL time sooner rather than later. And like we know with Berube's style, maybe play some game, maybe play primarily on like the third or fourth line in a grinder style. But when we have injuries, I could totally see him up on like the first or second line, maybe power play uh, and, and showcase his offensive ability as well. But I think it could be a really sneaky, valuable player for the Blues sooner than a lot of people might think. And I think that's the reason really that I wanted to talk about him today is because the Blues have been riddled with so many injuries. And obviously there's so many different working parts of a team that go into it. But when a lot of those parts aren't working or uh, they're on back order or whatever, what have you, a lot of the Blues' dynamic players are 
either injured or ailed right now. So if if more guys start getting hurt, you're gonna have to look onto the taxi squad to see like a, a valid replacement. I feel like with the way that Clem Costin has been playing, it almost mirrors the way that. Uh, Jordan Bennington was playing when the Blues called him up and gave him a chance. So like I said, you just need all your parts working at the same time. But if you have a car in your driveway and its parts aren't working at the same time, uh, you got to check out rockauto.com because they're the only place that we trust for our car parts. Because chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or an account login. And RockAuto.com is a family business like we talk about every time uh, we mention them in these episodes. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years and right now in a pandemic they need our help more than ever. So go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers and make sure you use Locked On. In there, how did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you guys. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We'll be right back for the second part of this episode after a word from our sponsors. Okay, Josh, so we have more games against the Coyotes. Oh, I feel like more? that's all we ever talk about that. That's all we ever talk about on the show anymore. It's like, hey, it's another game up against day. the Coyotes. They make it seven now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, full seven-game series. The Blues are down three to one. Do or die right now if they want to If they wanna flip this series around. Uh, and they're coming up on a back-to-back, I believe, on Friday and Saturday. So it, one would assume that we see Vili Huso. So what, break this down for us. What are you expecting to see from the Blues? What are you expecting to see from the Coyotes? And specifically, what are you expecting to see from Vili Huso? Because we've kind of seen two versions of this goalie. We saw him play really well. And then obviously getting thrown into an absolute chaotic scenario against the Colorado Avalanche. And then the next game, he didn't do very well either. So what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think you start by saying, well, if you're the Coyotes, then you just keep doing what you've been doing. Because I think we've seen, we've now played the, the Coyotes the last past four games, and we've seen a couple of different Blues teams. You know, we've seen them play really, really well in that win, but we've seen them also play really, really poorly and to maybe one or two of those losses. And then we also saw them play all right, and the Coyotes still came away with a win. So advantage Arizona in that aspect. Um, seems like as of right now, the Coyotes have got the Blues number, and it's up to the Blues to change their game. Now, on the flip side, if you're the Blues, I think that there are changes that you can make that prove that you're better than Arizona because I definitely think that they're the better team in this matchup on paper and with what we know with how they we know that they can play. But we haven't seen that yet, really, other than maybe the first win. But I, I don't know. I, I think it comes back to what we've been saying all season. It's just the discipline. You know, hopefully getting a guy like Tyler Bozak potentially back in the lineup will will kind of lead to a discipline fix and I think everything else will kind of come as a come as a result of that more time at five on five more time for the lines to get rolling less pressure on Jordan Bennington etc cetera, etc cetera. but if, I mean feel like a broken record feel like I've said this every single episode yeah exactly and I think I think you hit the nail on the head and that's why at the beginning of the episode that's another reason I thought moving McEachern and De La Rose back to the taxi squad was kind of a head scratcher because in terms of like Guys that are more two-way forwards or like think defensively are going to sell their bodies out for a shot. I feel like 
McEachern and De La Rose kind of fit that role because, well, we've said it before, but you don't want Jordan Cairo on your penalty kill because if he's blocking shots, uh, that's a lot of skill that's going to go and that puck into that ankle and you don't want him slowed down at any cost. It's the same thing for a guy like Braden Shen or a lot of guys on our lineup, really. So I feel like De La Rose and McEachern are more of a Oscar Sundquist style archetype of a player. Um, and that's not to say that putting on them that putting them on the penalty kill makes them like expendable and just like uh, put them on the front line and let them eat all the shots that they want. Like I'm not saying that at all. I think I think they're skilled at what they do, and I think uh, they want to bring a lot of different things to this team. And defense is one of them. Uh, being viable on the penalty kill is as well. So that's why I was just kind of confused, especially with the games that they had. I thought they played really well. So. I guess well, Craig Berube's got something in mind. We'll see what happens this weekend. We could potentially see these lines put in a blender again, given the outcome of last game. I think Berube's pissed. I think there's no secret there. Oh, he's there. livid. Um, I think he's real mad, especially considering you know we're seeing this team so many times in a row. It's it's a really good way to be able to make adjustments because you can really see how your adjustments work in real time because you're playing the same team night in, night out. You don't have to kind of take into account how these adjustments will uh, play against a different team. You know, you can say, okay, last game we were bad at this, do this differently. But I feel like it's almost been the opposite. I feel like we've almost regressed in these games. Definitely a bounce back last game, but still. Um, you'd think it would be going in the opposite direction, especially starting out playing as well as we did against them the first time around. But it, it's definitely going to be frustrating for Baruby. But at the same time, it's inspiring. You hope, you know, finally this is going to be the sixth and seventh game against them or the fifth and sixth game or whatever at this point. Um, you, you got to imagine that they'll, they'll write the ship and, and, and be able to string 60 minutes of good hockey together. This, excuse me, this weekend. Another reason it's so concerning is that when we watched like this team in the playoffs, right. And Jordan Bennington was playing out of his mind. One of the big stats that people always would say was like when the blues lose, they're like 7-0-1 in their next game afterwards because they always had that bounce-back mentality of like, okay, you can get us once, but you're not going to get us twice in a row. Uh, we're going to come out guns a-blazing uh, and really stick it to you and show you that, like, hey, that was just a flash in the pan. That's not the team that we are. We're capable of, like, really sticking it to you. And we, we haven't seen that over the course of this <laughs> series so far in these four games. So uh, I think I, not that that's reason for concern because obviously it's the regular season. But it's just weird to see this team kind of have that 180 mentality where it's like, yeah, if we drop a couple right now, it doesn't really matter because we'll still make the playoffs or whatever they're thinking in their head. Like, at some point, you got to start building momentum because the games are numbered. And once you get towards the end of the season, you can't just like start making up for lost time. You really got to start getting the wheels under you. And especially it's hard. I know it's hard to do it with all of these injuries and everything that's going on, all these penalties that are being called. I know there's a lot that are head scratchers. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's a hockey game. You got to come away with more goals than the other team does. And the Blues just haven't done a good job of that so far. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you summed it up pretty pretty nicely for, for how hockey works, but but. No, it really is the the best way to, to sum it up. And it, it feels like as we've been going throughout this season, the Blues have made one or two improvements here and then dropped to, dropped their, their ability in another place. And they made they fixed the penalty kill and fixed the discipline, but oh, all of a sudden now their offense isn't working. But they're, oh, now they get the offense going and the penalty kill's looking better, but they're taking six penalties. Yeah, it, it or feels finally like scored a power play goal and then let up a buzzer beater to send it to overtime. Yeah, you know when you like... You know when you're like trying to like take all the groceries in at once, 
and you drop some of them and then you go to pick them up and then you drop shit in your left hand and you go to pick that stuff up. It feels like that's what they're doing. It feels like they're trying to just like throw so many different fixes. Fix it all at once. Right. Throw so many different fixes on that like they, they look away from the offense for a little bit to work on the penalty kill and then, oh, okay, we're getting shut out. We can't score a goal. Or, okay, wait, no, offense, let's get that figured out. Oh, shoot, we're taking 16 penalties a game again. It, it's really frustrating to watch because you, they come out in the first period like, oh, finally, you know, the, the offense is looking great, they're rolling, and then all of a sudden, 10 minutes in, you look at the you look up at the clock, and you're like, okay, great, these are shorthanded for the third time already. It, it's frustrating. We're having the same conversations over and over and over again. And it might be even more frustrating this weekend because we've seen games – uh, where Darcy Kemper looked like he was just absolutely unbeatable. I mean, the oh, Blues put up 40 fun. shots on him last game. Uh, and we saw a game, too, where it looked like Ranta was unbeatable as well. So uh, at at the end of the day, you just got to, like I said, you got to put pucks in the back of the net. And I feel like the consistent pressure that we saw from the Blues last game, the defense has to come around, too, and, like, everything has to fall in line. And uh, like you said, like, you can't just be on the power play uh, and not scoring goals because that's going to wear guys down. And you can't just be on the penalty kill and letting up goals because that wears guys down too. Even if they don't score on the penalty kills, that's wearing a lot of your key members of your lineup down. And especially when, like we've talked about this whole episode and last episode and really all season, when all of these guys are down with injuries, we have to have you have to have guys step up that don't normally step up because they're inserted themselves into those roles. And just to have the weight, almost feels like the weight of this whole team is on like a couple, a couple core players right now. Uh, and it shouldn't be. I would certainly bet on the Blues coming away with a with a win at least one of these two games this weekend. Huh? Huh? Yeah, I I think huh? I would too, Josh. And if uh, like if uh, if I'm bet, yeah, I do like that. And if I'm betting on uh, the St. Louis Blues, or I'm betting, or if you think the Blues still don't have it figured out uh, and they got all these injuries, you're gonna bet on the Coyotes. Which boo on you if you want to do that. Uh, you got to go to BetOnline.ag either way because BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action because football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are still in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. So if you're watching The Bachelor or uh, any of those other shows like that, uh, you can bet on your favorite candidate and who you think is going to get the final rose. They do real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device right in your pocket. You can pull it out right now. Uh, to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just make sure you use that promo code Locked On. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We'll be right back to finish up this episode after a word from our sponsors. All right, Josh. So we obviously have another episode until we really need to do like pregame predictions and locked on player of the game, all yes, that sir. stuff. We might we might be having a special guest scheduled, so wait and see who Ooh. that might be. Uh, we'll see if we can get them on. But uh, as it is right now, we could just talk about a little bit of hockey. We don't have to talk about the Blues. Let's just talk about the league. So what kind of teams do you think are, are riding hot right now? I think the Canadian division is a lot of fun to watch, mostly because Vancouver's at the bottom of it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, man, like honestly, hockey's more fun to watch when Vancouver plays well and I hope they figure it out. But I think that's an interesting narrative to watch as I mean, cause Canadians are crazy about the sport in general and that division is just 
cutthroat. Um, but I think the Calder Trophy, too, is an interesting thing to watch because there's been so many rookies, especially with the initiation of the taxi squad, there's been so many rookies that have come up uh, and contributed, like Jimmy Stutzel, uh, Nils Hoglander, uh, and all of these guys. Ty Smith, all of these guys. Uh, obviously, Lafreniere is kind of like the favorite, but he hasn't gotten off to the hot start that everyone expected him to. Uh, so there's a lot of wiggle room, especially as as the league stands right now, there's a lot of wiggle room uh, and a lot of uh, potential names that could rise up to the top and win that Calder Trophy. Yeah, I think, like you said, the addition of the taxi squad excuse me, just absolutely opens things up um, in terms of potential of players. You know, Now all of a sudden... The 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 uh, decisions of like oh do we want to blow a year on this guy's ELC et cetera et cetera you don't really have to worry about that anymore because you have all this much more roster space and you can rely on these these guys a little bit more um, but yeah I think Lafreniere uh, his struggles were are, are pretty surprising um, but I think and then you look around at more of the obvious guys I think Kirill Kaprizov is someone that Minnesota mm, fans have been nasty have, Minnesota fans have been excited about for what seems like five years at this point finally came over and is be i think i'd say if you're a minnesota fan he's p- surpassing expectations i'm um, a guy like Nils hoglander has looked pretty good i don't know if i'm voting for the caller today it's got to be ty smith uh just because he's a defenseman and he's putting up such good numbers and he's playing you know relatively high minutes on a new on new jersey um but i don't know it, it's also fun. have to take into consideration that krill's cap Kapazov's nickname is dollar bill krill so i never mind i changed my vote. I, yeah I changed my I, vote. I, if i had put money on it right now i'd put it on dollar bill krill yeah, no, yeah man. i changed my vote bowen byram kind of got a late start with the colorado avalanche but that team is stacked and he is a nasty player so uh if he plays all season long and contributes to that team progressively throughout the season he could very well make a run at the calder as well definitely a lot of options um and like you said, no Lafreniere either, you know, anywhere to be seen. He's ranked 49th right now in rookie scoring, tied with Bowen Byram, actually. So it's wide open. Um, I think with the shortened season in the taxi squad, we're going to see a really fun race for the Calder, um, just cause, especially because it's so close right now. If it continues that way, then it's going to be right down to the wire. I think you could be there could be 10 different names we could be arguing about right up until the final week. So I'm looking forward to it. We'll keep an eye on it. You'll keep an eye on it. You can keep up with us uh, every day here at the Locked On Blues podcast. But I think that's all the time we have for today. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. On whatever platform you're listening on, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button. And you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Locked On Blues. You can follow me at my personal Twitter at 12 or 15. You can follow Josh on his personal Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. But as always, let's go Blues.